With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast. I almost said the Auburn Daily Podcast, but I caught myself. <laughs> I am once again joined by Harrison Tarr, Daniel Locke, and special guest, Noah Griffith. How y'all doing today? Could, could be a little better. Um if Auburn had gotten the job done, but, you know, not to get too far ahead of myself here. I'm rocking and rolling. I'm excited to have Noah on today. Yeah. yeah. Harrison made it out of the dog pound, so I guess that's good news. I uh, I did just get back from Athens, and before I, and we're going to talk uh, Auburn men's basketball and Auburn men's hoops. I've had a couple hours to reflect on it, do a little internal soul-searching, if you will. Um, but before we get into that, Noah, I want you to just – I'm going to give you just uh, a second to kind of give yourself a, a, a shameless plug – Real quick, and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, and uh, I guess just a little fun anecdote. Let's see, uh, which favorite flavor of ice cream? Throw that one in there. All right, um, that's a pretty easy question. Um, <laughs> so I'm from the Plains of Inn. I'm a journalist at Auburn, journalism major, uh, senior. Um, I was the assistant sports editor at the Plains of last mm-hmm. semester, and I am uh, taking an internship position with the Like Observer this upcoming semester. So, um, moving for getting up there, moving forward, um, moving towards graduation. So, yeah, uh, favorite um, ice cream flavor is definitely um, birthday cake. Ooh, that's a good choice. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Can never go wrong with birthday co- birthday cake. Well, so, no. I mean, I would say chocolate chip cookie dough would be a close, a close second. But um yeah, you're you're right. You can't get wrong with birthday cake. So I don't I don't think you gave us a bad option. Uh, but yeah. um let's go from exciting and happy things to some stuff that's gonna make our listeners and viewers um uh, not as happy. Dylan, uh the show's yours, you know what to do. You're on the point here. Um probably better than Wendell Green did tonight. So go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so we're about two and a half hours uh, out of whatever we just watched on on TV. 
Auburn basketball had one of the worst games we've seen all season, probably the worst game of the season. Would you agree? It's got to be the yeah. worst game of the season. Okay. Lost to Georgia, uh, 76 to 64 in Athens in a game where Auburn shot 28 three pointers and made six of them. Yeah, this team shooting 28 threes made uh, no sense. Yeah, especially in a game where Janai Broom put up 22 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, I don't know why you he, – he, if they wanted to win this game, he had to put up 40. <laughs> well, like, Dylan, I, I do have a question for you. I know you're, you're, you're our facilitator here, but I typically run point on our men's basketball stuff. So I'm going to ask you a question about how you want to go about this. Uh, do you kind of want to go around the around the around the horn here and let everyone kind of grab their talking points that we kind of discuss? And Noah, we'll let you jump in last just so you can kind of cover any bases that we might miss, if that's cool. Um, if, if does that work for you, Dylan? That works well for me. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to let you go ahead and 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 start this off with with the. I assume you're going to talk about guard play. Yes. Uh, probably. Yeah, probably some of the worst guard play we've seen from the season. Uh, Wendell Green. Probably the worst guard play since 2020. More than likely, yes. Uh, probably some of the worst guard play I've ever watched in my time watching Auburn basketball. Wendell Green shot two of twelve, zero for six from the three. Uh, Zepp Jasper shot uh, two of three, so not a bad shooting night for Zepp. He scored more points than usual, five. Uh, other guards, uh, Chance Westry, he's listed as a guard on here, so I'm going to keep it, uh, played one minute, zero points. Uh, Trey Donaldson played 14 minutes and had one point. Alan Flanagan, also listed as a guard, I know Tar's going to be upset, uh, had a very wishy-washy game, very inconsistent, with 11 points, which isn't bad for him. But he's a guy who is probably one of the most typed up players going to the season, and it still was a very disappointing game to watch. And Katie Johnson, a year removed from scoring 20 points in Athens, uh, scored three points. And Leor Berman got in, scored three points. <laughs> so a walk-on outscored, uh, looking at the just stats in general, four scholarship players. Dylan, I want to build off of this. Uh, off, off of your conversation with the guard play, and I'm going to open up the floor to to Noah and, and or Daniel about this before I circle back and talk about uh, my immeasurable disappointment in Dylan Cardwell tonight. Um, and 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 that's just called a spade a spade. Sorry, truth hurts sometimes, but uh, this is legitimately the worst guard play I have seen since 2020, uh, prior to Sharif Cooper. Uh, and and at that point, Auburn didn't have a guard. They were asking Alan Flanagan, which I don't care if he's listed as a guard right now. Alan Flanagan's a three. Yeah. Uh, and, and his build is a three. His ball handling, I guess, became kind of – he had to play the one that year because nobody else could. But this is unarguably the worst guard play I've, I've, I've seen in an Auburn team and a Bruce Pearl team in I don't know how long. Um, if, if you look look going back to, to, to the recipes for success year in, year out, you had Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. 2019, you still had Javon. You still had Severe. You had guys that, if nothing else, they were experienced in the league, were good facilitators, and could shoot the ball. Auburn couldn't hit the broadside of a freaking barn tonight. And, and I know that I sound like I'm just going on a tear and a tangent. This is just true. Um, Auburn got beat up, beat up on by a bottom feeder. An SEC bottom feeder. And, 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 it's, and, and Bruce Pearl loses another game to Mike White. It's, an, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, so, so Daniel and, 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 and Noah, I'm very interested to hear y'all's thoughts. And, and I know I sound super harsh, but if y'all want to rebut me by all means, I'm all ears. 
So I'll go first if that's okay, Noah. Yeah, that's good. Go ahead, man. All right. So this actually takes me back to earlier this afternoon when I was on a walk with my father. And he said that I feel like the pavilion, like Ole Miss's basketball arena, has, is a house of horrors for Alabama basketball. He's a big Alabama basketball fan. And I was like, huh. I mean, I don't know what makes you think that. They seem to do pretty well over there, but whatever. So I'm watching tonight. And I'm thinking, like, no, Stegman Coliseum is a house of horrors for Auburn men's basketball. And I feel like every time we go over there, something bad happens. And just like Harrison said, getting absolutely demolished by a bottom feeder. Feeder, can't talk. And I saw one stat. This is the only the fourth time in UGA basketball history that they've won 10 games before January 1st. Like, that's horrible. In fact, that is one of the worst college basketball stats I've ever heard in my life. And everyone did bad tonight. I don't know why Janai Broom took five threes. Uh, that That's a lot of threes for Janai Broom. I'll give you one heat check. I might give you two. I'm not giving you three. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Janai Broom did shoot, did make more threes than anybody on the team. I'm gonna, so. if 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 it's okay, Noah, I've got a, a question I'm gonna pose to you after I talk very briefly about how bad I had I had the worst take out of any of us, and it's not close. Um, yeah. Going into this game, talking about how big of a deal and important was for Dylan Cardwell, who wound up post posting eight minutes and zero points, and looked like he had never played in game of organized basketball for half of that. Um, so that's actually the gist of that. Um, Auburn's depth looked horrific. Um, and, and, and <laughs> I thought I could go on and on for this, <laughs> but no, the state of Auburn basketball right now is in limbo. Um, you, uh, in, in my opinion, and, and if I'm, if you, if you disagree, by all means, I, you know, I respect your opinion. That's why we brought you on where, if anywhere can Auburn look to right the ship here, because let's call a spade a spade guys right now. an NIT season's a failure. Um, with with the caliber of team that Bruce teams that Bruce Pearl's delivering, so so in, in your opinion, uh, Noah, where where can Auburn correct this? Uh, I think I think that's what you're having to go through right now is just a little bit of soul searching. Um, after losing two, you know, top five NBA draft picks, you're looking for that go-to guy, and that's usually been Window Green. He saved their butts against Florida. I mean, they would have lost without him. Um, in tons of games this season. Um, he's that spark plug guy. He's that guy. Even if he's having an off night, he's gonna keep you in the game. Um, and it just wasn't there tonight. It's almost like they Georgia figured out where those pass lanes were, and they got in them every single time. They just they knew where it was. Um, and it, it looked too easy, to be honest. So I think the only place you can go from here is to get those guys who have not shot the ball a lot. Um, get them more shots, see what they can do with the ball in their hands. Guys like Yoan Trey or Trey Donaldson, because Trey's been a big spark plug, but he has he hasn't had a game where he shot the ball. Um, even one of the top shooters on the team. So, I mean, Katie, obviously, he keeps shooting, he keeps shooting, he keeps shooting, and he keeps missing. I mean, <laughs> I'm 
I'm sorry. No, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> I love I love KD, but at some point, you've got to stop taking the shots. That's um, and to kind of chime in on that for half a second, to your point, and, and, and Dylan said this earlier in the week, this is the first game I've seen Zepp Jasper try to put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a consistent basis. So it, it does feel a little bit like, I don't know if this is BP schematically and people are going to come at me for quote unquote, air quote, Bruce Pearl slander, because I don't think he's an X's nose mastermind. I think he's a phenomenal face of a program, phenomenal recruiter. I don't know if it's as much BP saying we're going to change this schem- schematically, mm-hmm. schma- schematically, excuse me, as some of the guys are saying to hell with this. We got to find a way to score. Yeah, I agree. And like, we say tonight we're going to take five threes, and that's insane. But, like, no one else can make a bucket. <laughs> and he's open. I mean, throw it up there. Hit the heck with it. I mean, why not? I get um, it. And Alan Flanagan, we talked about him. He, I think he's actually one of the high points of tonight, and here's why. He's, it seems like he's found some kind, of, some kind of groove in some kind of happy spot out there in the middle um he's gonna fight he's he's not gonna go back to 2020 out we we know that um but he's got to find some way to contribute to on offense and i think he may have found that spot tonight he was five for what five for ten i mean no 11 points is not like great like you can't rely on him to only, but he's contributing better than he had, you know, at a lot of points last year, I think. And it's coming at a critical time for him because I think a lot of us, myself included, who, I mean, Dylan remembers, we were on a, on a show, just Dylan and I earlier in the week, where I was basically calling for Alan Flanagan's head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people were assuming that his role was, was depleting and, and it sounded like Wes was on board with it happening. So, uh, to your to your point, Noah, this was probably a very important game for Alan Flanagan in in terms of uh, in terms of keep, keeping his minutes going forward. Mm-hmm. I agree, and and do we see Yo Andre or um, it, he confuses me so much? Like he has so much into the tool, and I don't know if BP is not seeing enough from him to give him minutes in practice or. If he sees something like, I just want to know what he sees, like that he's not putting his five star freshman out on the floor. I mean, when guys are struggling to score, but I mean, well, in eight I, minutes, Johan Trejor put up one statistic and it was a block. Yeah, I, we Johan has just not been the go to guy. We they've tried to force him minutes early on in the season and he just just kept. Just was what's the word I'm looking for? It was unimpressive. But but to your point, Dylan, and you and I have talked about this, Daniel, you, you and all, you, Daniel, uh, you, you, Dylan, and I, excuse me, hello, us three, uh, we've talked about this. We all believe there's a lot of potential there, Noah. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel the same way about Chance Westry. I'm going to ride for Chance Westry until he proves to me that I should have never rode with him in the first place, uh, which he really tried to at the beginning of the season. But uh, I, I think that there's just a lot of things that have to work in terms of development wise. We knew this was going to be a rebuilding year um, and, and uh, to kind of transition over, we're about to talk some women's hoops. I know Daniel's getting ready to, it's his moment to shine. It's his time, his time <laughs> to shine. And and we kind of have to put a nice little bow on this, but 
this group is 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 in a true rebuild where they're gonna have to learn a lot of things and if they don't figure stuff out quickly guys i'm gonna go ahead and say it they're gonna get their butts handed to them on saturday bar so i agree oh yeah i think it's a great wake-up call if nothing else um the game against Florida, they didn't play their best, but they snuck out with the win. So that's not necessarily going to call for any soul-searching. Tonight's going to call for soul-searching. And it's going to require just a little bit, and here's your here's your transition piece, Dylan. It's going to require, and, and go ahead and get ready to quote this one. Uh, you're you're going to want to. I know your eyes are going to light up because we talked about this beforehand. It's going to require some soul-searching from Bruce Pearl because Mike White has had his number. And the harsh reality is Mike White teams are never that damn good. They aren't. Uh, um, Mike White is seven and three versus Bruce Pearl all the time. It, it's, it, it is absurd. Um, and, and, and I know he's had, he had Castleton in Florida and he's, and he's got, I mean, a window, a window. There's no taking away that that gets talented, but he's not had those teams that should be able to beat up on Bruce Pearl's teams on a routine basis. Um, that being said, speaking of teams that are probably going to get beat up on later in the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so from one uh, extreme to another extreme, women's basketball plays number one, South Carolina, tomorrow in Columbia. Or, yeah, Col- Columbia, not Columbus. I'm those, Columbia. Ohio, throws, Ohio State throws me off so much. But, yeah, uh, Daniel, I just want you to go ahead and preview this game a little bit because – uh, from my knowledge, this game is not going to be even remotely close. I'm going to let Daniel run with it, then Noah, and then I'll just fill in whatever's left. You guys got it. All right. So, obviously, looking at this Auburn team, they've gotten off SEC play to a pretty rough start, um, taking two bad losses to Ole Miss and Missouri, respectively. Um, on the year, Aisha Kulabali is leading, leading the team in scoring with 16.7 per game. Honestly, Scott Grayson is following close behind with 15.8. Then there's a pretty wide gap between two and three, and uh, with Romy Levy averaging 8.5, and then Sidney Shaw um, being in fourth on the team in points per game with 8.4. But then one thing that kind of – this is the only thing about this game that gives me a glimmer of hope is if you look at South Carolina, Zia Cook is their leading scorer, averaging 15.3 per game, and then Aaliyah Boston averages 11.4 per game. So if you just look at that and just don't even look at anything else, you can be like, oh, there's a glimmer of hope there. But if you dissect this a little further, I know I'm going to get quoted on that. I'm going to see on Instagram. Oh, before. Daniel Locke, you <laughs> are on the College Loop Instagram. <laughs> oh, man. No, I so, love it. I, no, no, no. Keep talking. We need this. Like, you know, you're bringing up a good point. You're, you're, you're really not wrong. I just, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you just look at South Carolina, this is a team full of people who just know what they're doing. And they've <laughs> been here before. And no one can play women's basketball like the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. And Don Staley's the GOAT. Indeed. And then just if you look back at Auburn, they just don't really have it. You know, maybe an honestly Scott Grayson return can kind of bring a spark plug. And you're going to need her to be an impact player as well as Aisha Koulibaly. 
You're going to need Romy Levy. You're going to need Sidney Shaw. You're going to need Carissa Richardson. You're going to need Caitlin Duhon. You're going to need Sanaya Wells. You're going to need Marshawn Bostic. You're going to need Ja'Kayla Johnson. You're going to need Precious Johnson. You're going to need Maya Pratcher. You're going to you need Amora Groves. You're going to need – oh, gosh. Oh, you're, Daniel, I believe you're on. recording the entire Auburn women's basketball <laughs> roster, and I think they hold, hold understand on, it. On, one second. One <laughs> no, second. no, no. Let, let, you're, let, you're let them cook. Let them cook. Bola, And, of course, you are going to need more than anyone else, Carson McFadden. I knew Carson was coming. <laughs> How could you labor off? How could you? I didn't. I was saving the best for last. Quick okay. timeout. Quick timeout before I let Noah yeah. cook. Um, honestly, Scott Grayson injury update. Um, my update is I have no update. Um, no, by that I mean I've got a. Uh, I'll I'll know earlier to in the day to, tomorrow before they announce starting lineups and before they go and shoot around. Um, I've got a couple of phone calls. It sounds like it's 50-50, but they want her to be completely healthy before she comes back. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think I would waste it on the South Carolina game and re- at risk of re-injury. So, Noah, I'm going to let you cook. Well, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think I, this game has to be about confidence building, and that doesn't mean getting a win or a loss. That means competing. Um uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to predict a win or loss, but um, you have to find a way to score against this South Carolina defense to give you some confidence. And you have to find somebody to do that that's not named Icicle Lolly. Um, just like the men's team is searching for a go-to guy besides Wendell Green. Um, it's got to be somebody besides... Honestly, which I don't think she I don't think they should run the risk of playing her. Um but like Carissa Richardson, um Sydney Shaw, they've kind of they've kind of got to form their identity as a team. Um and Romy Levy definitely has the skills to create the open shots from anywhere on the floor. Um She's just been it's been very inconsistent this year with this team. Um yeah, I would say just for me, identity is what you gotta focus on this week. I don't know that opening is plausible, but well, here's here's my little spin zone on this. If if you already knew who was gonna win the game win the game, you wouldn't play the game. Um now we can logic can tell us that, that Auburn realistically should not really be in this one. Um, it is a tremendous upside, I think, and um, positive opportunity for Auburn to get them out of the way. And the, well, they got to play them twice, which not great for Auburn. <laughs> but um, get it, get this test in early in conference play because I do think this team's just got to figure things out. They're going to win SEC games. They're going to win more than one SEC game. They're going to win more than two. I think they're going to win probably five SEC games, five or six, give or take. And that's a huge step up from what they did last year. First off, um, second off, I believe in what Coach Jay's doing, and I think that Noah, I think you're on the same page. I know Daniel is. Um, I, I believe in uh, in what Coach Jay's doing at Auburn, but you have to respect the fact that you're playing Aaliyah Boston, the best player in women's college basketball, and probably in the next half decade, the best player in the WNBA. Um, and you're also going up against the goat, John Staley. Um, South Carolina is just the premier brand, but this is also a really good opportunity um, for this depth, like you said to really establish an identity. And if, if for the love of God, this team could all play on the floor at one time, things might be different. Mm. And I agree with you. I think if the circumstances were different, I'd say Auburn has a chance in this game. 
They beat Tennessee last year. They beat Georgia. They beat Georgia Tech. They can beat. They can be elite teams. Um, I truly believe that, but I don't think the time is right this weekend. And I think I don't think the confidence is there. I uh, I think you're probably right on that, Dylan. I know that you you want you, we got to keep rolling. You just did the look over thing to check on time, and I know that that means we got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, to uh, go from a more let's go to a more happy place in Auburn sports. A more right. Happy exciting uh i know you're not talking about yeah. football i'm talking about football <laughs> <laughs> well daniel i don't know if you're aware or not well hold Auburn on, hold on, has hold on, two hold more alignment hey, hey, coming hey, to visit hey, hey timeout hey, has been awarded to daniel i just want to say up in college station texas today shout out to the auburn university men's and women's swim and dive team both kidding doves resume mm-hmm. yeah uh so the uh, texas and went zero and three on today uh, they lost the women's and men's swimming and diving, and then they hired Bobby Petrino as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> I hope there was a motorcycle clause in that contract. But to I keep hope it you going, appreciate the way I teed that up for you. Huh? That was gorgeous. That was flawless. That was amazing. But yeah, Auburn has more O linemen on the way. Uh, Alabama offensive lineman Damian George and Baylor offensive tackle Micah Mazuka. Mizuka. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I'm so off of the tackle transfer, Micah from Baylor <laughs> and Damian George from Alabama are set to visit. And so, so uh, Micah did vet, he was on campus today. Oh, excuse me. When we record, uh, we record on Wednesday. It'll come out on Thursday, but he did visit on Wednesday this week. Um, and supposedly so is Damian George. I believe so. I think he did. From what, from what I've heard, from what I've been told, they were both on campus. We know for a fact Micah was. I really need to learn how to say this last name. I just don't want to botch it, and I would just prefer to not do that. Um, well, I probably already have. So It's okay. It's fine. I'll just write off your coattails like I always do. Um, I, I think that they were both on campus today. It's a huge, huge moment for Auburn. And it looks like Auburn's Santa Claus, looking... oh, Santa Claus must just have not gotten enough um, excitement this year because he just keeps doing things. How does he fit all those big boys in the sleigh, though? I don't know. Dude, they're pulling Maybe the they, sleigh. Uh, ride on the back of a reindeer. All right. Go ahead, Dylan. Strong reindeer. But <laughs> it looks like Auburn is looking to pick up three or four more offensive linemen from the transfer portal. And Hugh Freeze is just on one right now. He, he knows what he wants, and he is out getting them. And it's truly a sight to behold. So – uh, I I don't know how invested you've been um, and Noah to this point in the recruiting cycle. Um, Dylan and I give each other migraines, sending each other information about hashtag crews every day. Um, I was informed as of uh, is earlier earlier today or did I tell you yesterday? I think it was earlier today um, that I was informed uh, that Auburn's offensive line list and there goes Noah. We'll try to get him back in here in a moment. Um, our Auburn's offensive line list. Long list is 20 people, 20 plus names. Um, and and Auburn fully intends to pull three to four more of those guys, which would round your class out at right around nine or ten uh, between the transfer portal and and freshmen. Uh, I think that Auburn's probably going to be set to have a completely different and 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 larger depth-wise uh, offensive line um and only have to start maybe one freshman if they have to start Connor Lou. Yeah. And uh still talking about the transfers, uh adding a guy that Auburn missed out on in Dylan Johnson who has committed to Washington. We won't speak on him too much. Just throwing it out there that a target has gone to you. Interesting, interesting fit. Very interesting fit. Uh, I mean, I don't think Washington had that uh, running back 
true they were more of a passing attack and i think dylan johnson kind of helps their team out a lot oh i think it's a great move yeah i don't know how much of a fit he would have been in auburn i do think he would have been more of redshirt and cobb and keeping damari off the field a little bit longer because i believe dylan johnson would have been that rb2 right behind jarquez then consider me glad that he went to washington because i want damari on the field <laughs> and just keep going with the other transfers ahmed mccullough linebacker out of maryland someone that me and tar have both sp- spoke about in uh multitude a linebacker I, that we really love i love this daniel have you watched this film yeah uh, you got don't don't you can't tell me you don't love this guy's film i love it i love this film uh, I've got his stats in front of me real quick, just 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 real quick from 2022. Uh, 20, uh, 45 total uh, total tackles, 29 solo, 16 assists, one sack. And, uh, yeah, that's about all we got for him. But still, um, impressive. Uh, the, the kid, uh, he, he just he, – his, his ability to read, read quarterback – like read the quarterback uh, when he tries to drop back in zone and be able to just – muscle his way through the a gap and if it's if it's clogged just slide over to the b gap it's just beautiful gorgeous and he is a guy who would more than likely take off take over for owen papo a player that i believe auburn is really going to be missing next year and uh i mean he's just a big body linebacker who wants to throw around off of the lineman and i love it as we welcome noah griffith back to the show it sounds like you have a little phone dying uh uh, opportunity or uh, incident there we're talking uh we're talking auburn transfer targets right now and dylan's going to slide us into the next one where you're getting you got here just in time for the qb conversation and we may have to break it up into two parts so that's okay that's that's what i need to be involved in okay that's <laughs> something to say <laughs> we'll uh we'll, you'll you'll get your opportunity i promise let's go <laughs> so if you are a fan of both the Auburn Daily Podcast and of the College Loop Podcast, you are very aware that me and Tar speak in, again, multitude about the Auburn quarterback situation, of course, with the transfer portal. Well, it wasn't Grayson McCall, and he, he's gone now. And now Devin Leary, Devin Leary was up there, but he, was, he went to Kentucky. Spencer Sanders is now on the table and has remained on the table. Michael Pratt is now on the table, but he is not even in the transfer portal yet. And now, per Pete, a Daniels, hot new bombshell enters the villa. <laughs> Brennan Armstrong from Virginia has now been listed as a potential target for Auburn. I don't think he's going to be really serious about Auburn because I think hmm. I think NC State is where he's going to end up going. Do but... I remember a um, college loop podcast? From <laughs> oh, oh, here he comes with the receipts. Here comes Where Daniel. I loaded this name. I believe it was Christmas Eve. You also put out Luke Altmeyer, so okay. You put out. Uh, I also said the last time that Grayson McCall wasn't happening. You said I'm holding out hope, so we can both be wrong at times. I also said that Hudson Card could happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say again. I feel like this is a repeat. Um, there is interest on the Auburn front. From what I've been told, there's interest uh, on the Auburn front about Brendan Armstrong. I don't know that there's interest from Brendan Armstrong's camp. That's literally all that I know, all that I've been told. Um, and it's pretty much anything with an on three plus subscription. Anyone that with an on three on three plus subscription can read. Um, I don't have one of those, but if I did, <laughs> I would be able to read that. 
Um, what a use it. of money. Anyways, we're not going there. We're not doing that. Um, Sorry. We're, I'm with you, though. Um, I just think that there's more interest from Freezing Company than there is from Armstrong. Well, the thing is with Brent Armstrong, he had a very large decline in productivity this season, and that comes from his offensive coordinator leaving and going to NC State. And now with Devin Leary gone at Kentucky, I do believe that NC State is probably where he's going to be going, strictly just to go back to his old offensive coordinator where he saw most of his success at Virginia. All right, does that mean that now we have to ask Noah the, the age-old question? Yeah. I'd go for it. Who wants to ask him? I'll ask you him. It. You want got it. Yeah. All right, Noah, who's playing quarterback for Auburn in 2023? Okay. Um, I think it's no brainer. It's Robbie Esford. Um, I think the Auburn, the Auburn community or whatever you want to call it, the Auburn family is being just like very ungrateful. Like you just said, Robbie Asperg, like for out here breaking records in the Iron Bowl. And now you want to turn eyes at every quarterback in the portal. Like, uh, um, What's an appropriate way to say this? <laughs> um, like a thirsty teenage boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the look at the local middle school turning his eyes at every attractive girl to see he's like, yeah. we have Robbie Ashford. We have Robbie Ashford. <laughs> and we have all we have Holden Gardner. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't see much of a need to like go after every single quarterback that's in the portal. You know, why do you have to make it middle schoolers, man? Because now I'm trying to figure out a counter analysis here where I could be like, I'm really glad I didn't ask him the question because I thought the age old question around here was who's your favorite NASCAR driver. So if I'd asked him that, that would be pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Question though, for you know what. Is there not okay. is there not an upside to having a quarterback battle with say a Spencer Sanders? With Spencer Sanders specifically? With with in a hypothetical world where Spencer Sanders were to come to Auburn. Um mm. not that I'm saying that that's gonna happen, but in a hypothetical yeah. world. Um I do think there could be, but um I think Robbie just won a quarterback battle with TJ Finley. Um and to bring in another guy for him to have to compete with kind of seems like a slap in his face after what he just accomplished. Um I don't disagree. I I I don't disagree with that aspect. I know they went two and two in their last four games, but the way he turned around that offense, um he found several new different go-to targets to Kenda Brown, Amari Kelly at times. Um, you have to start a liver with the new quarterback. I think you're building on a really good thing. Um, I like it. I, I I don't I don't disagree. I I do think there's upside to bringing in a, a Sanders for iron sharpening iron. That's my counter argument. Um, I think I don't think holding Garner is out of the question. I mean. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think he can just like sleep. Like there's a guy there if he doesn't perform, you know. 
I I like that. I like that take a lot. And uh, I'm going to give the keys to 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 Dylan from here on out because he he really is the mastermind and the brains of this operation. But <laughs> I do I do thank you for coming on today, Noah. Um, we really appreciate your thoughts um, and your uh, and and your insight because God knows the three of us can sometimes get pigeonholed. Um, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hand you the oh dude of course uh, Dylan keys are yours man. All right, so yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, Robbie Ashford, I believe, is probably the unanimous decision between the four of us, unless Daniel has another random transfer quarterback he wants in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Robbie Ashford is the college loop quarterback. You know, he's already a fan unofficially, officially a fan of the college loop podcast. But with that, I'm going to wrap it up. This has been the college loop podcast. I am Dylan Lark at your boy, the tank on Twitter. Also joined by Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. Daniel Locke at Daniel J. Locke and Noah Griffith. Thank you for joining. What's your Twitter handle? It's at Noah GGO1. Heard it there. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.